Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined uh, once again by Derek. How you doing, Derek? I'm good, man. I'm a little tired. A okay. little, little hungover today. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad. But AJ's dance team, like I was saying before we started recording, they had a, uh, a show last night, and oh. uh, we went out with everybody afterwards. So I'm a little um, little sleep deprived. We didn't get home till like two, no. <laughs> so I didn't go to sleep till like three thirty. So it's okay. like I'm a little sleep deprived. I'm more sleep deprived than I'm actually hungover. I think. I think it's more of a sleep hangover. But yeah. other than that, and really, aren't those things the same thing? I mean, they really are. <laughs> As you get older, it kind of depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No, other than that, I'm fantastic, man. How are you? Cool. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, what What did I do this week? Um, it was Easter, so that was fun. It was Easter. I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seemed like the world forgot that it was Easter, right? <laughs> Which like, is all the people that fine. I usually know that like like to list, you know, are big Easter people. Yeah, none of them said Happy Easter to me yesterday. I didn't get a single notification until I was gonna go hang out with a buddy, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm super. We're gonna get food." And he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm super full. My mom and I had pizza for Easter," and I'm like, "Oh." That's right. It's Easter today. <laughs> I wonder if that's a tradition uh, for them or if it's just a one-off. They did pizza. No, it's year. not. It's a one. He he made a joke about it gotcha. being the traditional Easter food. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but what I did, uh, I actually thought of something else besides uh, Resurrection Sunday. Um, I was in San Francisco for the last uh, you few were. days. Yeah. Uh, I was up there what for- What were you doing up there? So, I, the, the short of it is I was up there for a wedding, but the long of it- uh, it was I was up there for wedding festivities and I couldn't stay for the actual wedding, which was gotcha. on the Sunday because I had to be in town. I had to work on Sunday. So mm. uh, I had to come back before the actual ceremony. But I was there for like the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner yeah. and some of the other like little fun things. We went out, you know, hanging out, drinking and whatnot. So that was that was a lot of fun. Good. Yeah, yeah that's a good time. And I never I've never like stayed in downtown San Francisco like proper. Oh. So that was a lot of fun. What'd you think? It was great. I liked it. It's a it's a fun city. Yeah. I don't know if I could live there. No, but no. Visiting. No, no, yeah, I know, no. It's not my speed of city, but um but visiting is great. I love it. Yeah, it was great. We uh we took the the, the cable car. Of course. Um we uh, did uh, other San Francisco things. <laughs> other San Francisco things. Did you <laughs> of that um, nature? <laughs> did you eat sourdough bread? You know, um, well, actually, I did the the break in like an indirect kind of way. The breakfast right. you place, didn't, like, go to Boudin Bakery to like <laughs> no, 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 catch no. sourdough in your mouth no, or whatever, but whatever they do. We w- I imagine it's like throwing sourdough like they throw the salmon in Seattle, <laughs> just with sourdough bread, like yeah. baguettes of sourdough, just you know, tossing them at people. I like to imagine that people are just walking around squawking like ducks and they just throw them breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've been down to that pier. I had to. Um, in my younger days, I spent a lot of time on the pier where the where that bakery is for a really long time during the day. And um, people do kind of just wander around and squawk like ducks. So you're not too oh, far Oh, man, off. I missed my, my crowd, my people. You did. You um, did. Uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, we, went well, to a, cool. we went to a breakfast place called Sears Fine Foods or something, which is like a staple in that neighborhood. And they mm-hmm. had like sourdough French toast, which was really good. Ooh. So I, I, I indulged in that. Um, good. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good trip. I we drove, which was uh, you know, is a long drive, but it is. A, it's a clip. Yeah, I drove back by myself because Julie had to stay for the actual wedding part of sure. it. Um, so you know, the drive back was was nice because I can kind of just zone out and just like 
become one with the road. Yeah, that's a real good drive for like long form podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, hardcore history mm -hmm. is it? That's a perfect drive for that. For yeah, that kind of show. I like listening to hardcore history before I go to bed. That's a See, the problem with me is I do I want to be able to do that, mm -hmm. but then I just stay up because I want to know what he's talking about oh, because yeah, I'm just that. a curious, curious person. Yeah. <laughs> it's why I can't listen. To, I can only listen to podcasts that I've heard multiple times before. Mm -hmm. and, but the sense. problem is, is that most of those are usually about serial killers, which is not a good thing to be listening to when you're going to sleep. <laughs> you, you know what you should do? You should try. Um, I don't know if you use Audible at all for audiobooks. I do here and there. Um, but I, I found that audiobooks are really good for me before I go to bed because you can uh, put on like some really boring nonfiction book that's not as exciting as like hardcore history and just right. like kind of be talked to sleep, which is kind of nice. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> the just blue, pick a super boring yeah, audiobook. The blue footed pigeon likes a fancy meal <laughs> of snails. And sea worms. I don't know if those things exist, but that's that's the type of stuff I listen <laughs> well, to before a, bed. You're close. There's a blue-footed booby. Oh, I know that's go. a bird. There we go. <laughs> I, I learned that when I was younger because I was like, ha, boobies. Um, <laughs> ha, blue I feet. <laughs> it has super blue feet, like crazy blue feet. It's uh, weird. Feet it's, aren't supposed to be that color. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not supposed to be that color. That's like birds' feet are supposed to be orange. We all know this, or yellow. Yeah, right, or black. Yeah, this, this I think, are the colors. I think those are the the appropriate colors. Neon for birds. blue isn't exactly what you think of when yeah. you think of bird feet. I like those ducks that look like they have a little suit on, like they have like a little. Oh like, my gosh, they're so. They have like great. that little collar. Any animal that looks a little bit more dapper or like happy, yeah. like uh, like the quokka. Well, I don't know what Australia. that is. Have, the quokka is one of the cutest animals on the planet. Here, I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna send you a photo. What does it look like? Oh, it looks like a little rodent, but quokka. Let me see if I can. Quokka. <laughs> I spelled it correctly. Hey, nice. One point for Derek. <clears throat> Quaka. Is it? Does it look like a? Oh, there's a photo of it. Looks like a Hemsworth brother with one. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it was. It like... looks like Chris, but I can't quite. It might be Liam with a really heavy like facial hair, like five o'clock shadow. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Quaka looks like a Hemsworth. I'm like, man, that's a handsome. Animal. It's a handsome animal. Here we go. Okay. Let's see. You can send it in the oh, uh, in the Zoom chat. Yeah, I'm going to. Sorry, I'm trying to find a good one peek. that doesn't have like babies poking out of holes and like weird stuff. Quick peek behind the uh, the Hollywood curtain. We use Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone uses Zoom. Here we go. My cat is howling at me. What? <laughs> What's Katie want? I don't know. Attention is usually the answer to that. That's usually what Charlie wants too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. I found one that's perfect. All right, so let's do Send this. Send it. Sending. Where's that? More. There's it go. Open up that chat window. This is awesome audio for everybody that gets to no, listen think, to us go through this. I think people like to know what's going on. <laughs> I think it feels like they're a part of the show. I, when I listen to podcasts and there are no moments like this, I like, I'm pulled out of the reality of the show. I'm like, you guys didn't ah, stop gotcha. to think for anything for one moment. I don't buy it. Fair. I don't buy That's it. That's fair. I like my podcast okay. to feel like I'm a fly on the wall, Derek. I totally get that. So it just sent you the word quokka, nice. unfortunately. Well, I'm going to Google it on my end because... <laughs> Q-U-O-K-K-A. Just do that. That'll -O be easier. And then we can move on with the show. Q-U-O-K-K-K-K-A. K-K-A. 
quokka. Quokka. It helps if you say it with an Australian accent. Quokka. The quokka. Quokka. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, look at that. It's a right. Oh, crikey. Look at that quokka. It looks like a, uh, it, yeah, it looks like a very large chipmunk. But like, but how cute. cute is that thing? Though? Yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's got a mouthful of food and it's like smiling. Yep. It's just smiling at you. Yeah. I'm into that. Super into that. All yeah. right. Let's get into some uh, some movie stuff. How about that? Some other stuff we're into? Yeah, some other stuff we're into. Let's do it. Um, okay. I got a couple like news items here. Great. Um, uh, did you know that Warner Brothers and Discovery have merged? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I think I sent you something about <laughs> yeah. that, about how Discovery feels that Superman has been languishing as a character in the Warner Brothers DCU. Right. And they're going to fix that, apparently. Um, yeah. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. apparently. <laughs> Good luck. I, so I, I didn't know that Discovery was its own entity. I always thought mm-hmm. it was just like, I, I, I assumed it was under the Disney umbrella like everything else. Ah, <laughs> not yet. So, yeah, not yet. Um, one day. There's a great Family Guy joke that's like, um, um, when the Disney and Fox merger happened, com- uh, Family Guy, as it should, addressed it mm-hmm. in a joke, and they were mm-hmm. like... Uh, uh, we made that joke because we're now owned by Disney, and it's like uh, they're like, well, <laughs> because we're we're owned by Fox, which is now owned by Disney, uh, which will someday be owned by Netflix, which will someday be owned by Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very funny. That's really good, <laughs> and also scarily true. Yeah, um, yeah. So that is interesting. Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool to like simplify and have less. Streaming services. I mean, there's some discovery shows that I like. Um, yeah, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, <laughs> there's too many streaming services. Yeah. We have too. There's. I never thought I would ever get to a point in my life where I want to go on my rooftop and just scream. There's too much content. Yep. But there is too much content. Yeah, I, yeah. We're gonna need some funnels. Uh, it's almost as if <laughs> we need cable companies again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know it's weird, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, we just need people to sit there and be like, "This is not a good idea." <laughs> we need the great filter. Um, yeah, to borrow. I'll a happily from listen. If you work for a streaming service and you're listening to this podcast, I will happily be your no guy. Oh, me too. <laughs> like Asan and I are great. No, no guys. yeses, only noes. No, no yes, yeah, no yeses, only noes. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you say yes to something, you it's dismissive because you can't say the word yes. You can only wave it away from your desk. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's a no. That's a no. Mm. 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 No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm sure you would With be a big wooden desk. I'm sure everyone at the office would love you. <laughs> um, James Gunn is in the news because he's cl- he wants to clarify some comments about his future with Marvel and DC. Yes. Um, this is from ComingSoon.net. People freaked out like they normally do. <laughs> I, I didn't know about this story at all, but uh, reading from ComingSoon.net, ComingSoon.net, it says, after replying to a fan on Twitter by saying that there were presently no characters in either Marvel or DC that he would want to work on uh, that he isn't already, many took that to believe that Gunn was hinting that he had done all he wanted to do in the world of comic books. Uh, however, Gunn took to Twitter to address the comments, simply noting that he has a lot of projects in the works and that he is not speaking of things years down the road. So he says, um, to quote James Gunn directly, he says, well, 
uh, what is said was uh, there are presently no characters in either Marvel or DC that I want to be working with right now that I am not currently working on. Uh, and yes, I know it's either obtuse or linguistically Olympian, depending on your point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything controversial about what he said. No, people just want... People just don't want change. They want James Gunn to work at DC and Marvel for the rest of his career, mm -hmm. and they don't want any change. At some point, he's probably going to be tired of superheroes yeah. and move on. And I think that that's great, and but I also think that everybody needs to fucking calm down. <laughs> yeah. James Gunn... <laughs> like, I'm sorry to swear in such like a pointed way, but like... Oh, it's fine. Chill out, everybody. Like, yeah. good lord. And also, like, James Gunn cannot and should not do every project ever no. like he should only do the stuff that he's interested in and wants to do exactly we have matt reeves for everything else now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly matt reeves is the the, cre the cleanup pitcher of <laughs> he's my new guy <laughs> he's the cleanup pitcher of movie directors what franchises are faltering send reeves in <laughs> yeah. yeah reeves and dwayne johnson that'll pump some life back into it yeah and also i i've I, I like what James Gunn said because it's like we don't know how many irons he has in the fire. He could have 20 projects he's working on right now. The dude is one of the hottest directors in Hollywood 100%. right now for superhero sci-fi and action. Like, yeah. dude has offers on the table. He has made Marvel. Y'all need to calm down. Yeah, he has made Marvel and DC hundreds of millions of dollars, probably a billion dollars at this point. His career isn't going anyway, he can do, away anytime soon. He's one of few directors within the world of comic books who can, at either studio, do whatever he wants at this point. Mm -hmm. And so that should be a good sign to fans. Not only is he, not only can he do whatever he wants because of the studios will let him do what he mm -hmm. wants, he can do whatever he wants because the fans will let him do whatever he wants now. 100%. Like, he has full fan approval and full studio approval. That's a rarity. Mm-hmm. In like specifically in comic book movies to like achieve, 100%. and he's done it. But again, he can't make everything like you were saying. So mm -hmm. I respond with my original statement of everyone calm down. Yeah, and and I like him as a filmmaker for that. Like only I wanting to do the stuff that interests him, and that's why everything we get from yeah. him is pretty good. Um, well, that's the whole thing. It's like that's why you can always tell when directors really like the projects that yes. they're working on because they they shine right. Mm -hmm. Like, you can kind of tell when someone doesn't really want... When they're making a movie because they're either contractually obligated or um, they're doing it to gain cachet for, like, the next big thing that they want to do. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, it's... I don't know. Have you... Uh, do you... Have you ever watched Riverdale or do you watch Riverdale? Why would I watch Riverdale, I, son? I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's comics, I guess. It's a CW... <laughs> dark yeah. take on something that like I had from my childhood that was inherently not dark and problematic. It's kind of the way I feel about Bel Air, mm -hmm. the 100%. new Fresh Prince like show. Yeah, We didn't need a dark, gritty reboot. No. No didn't. one needs a dark, gritty reboot. <laughs> what we need is another happy show of a guy that's like, hey, hey! Yeah. What's the Will Smith rap? Like, get a job to get your mom and dad for school for, uh, supplies. School supplies. <laughs> oh, hey, hey! Yeah. Uh, like, we need more of that in the world. We don't need, like, <laughs> find out why he got sent to Los Angeles. It's like, we don't care. He got into a fight. We know that. It's in the theme song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. I, I feel I that was same not, way about Riverdale. 100%. Yeah. The, you know that thing, that comedy we all love? Let's see the 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 harrowing, dramatic version of, of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you like something fun and lighthearted? Yeah, none of that. <laughs> Only darkness and grit. Um. <laughs> I mentioned Riverdale because uh, one of the stars of Riverdale, uh, the actor K.J. Appa, 
and mm-hmm. Isabel May have been cast in the leading roles for an up an upcoming live action comedy movie based on the Wonder Twins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know the Wonder Twins. It's a little bit before my time. It's probably way before my time. Uh, they have powers that activate. Right. Now, do they have rings, or am I making that up? You know what? I don't know. Okay. I know that they put their fists together, and oh, they go okay. form of a whatever and shape of a whatever. And one they, can do forms, and one can do shapes, and, now, and they Derek, help each other out. What is the difference <laughs> between forms and shapes? <laughs> I don't know, because it seems like sometimes they'll take form of a falcon and like shape of water, and it's like, but that's also a form. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's so weird. I don't know. Their powers are vague. They turn into stuff. They help each other. They're twins. That's basically okay. um, all I got for you. So uh, from ComingSoon.net, it says, Not too much is known about the exact plot of the upcoming comedy, but it will be directed by Adam Sitzkill, who will make his directorial debut after working on DC's upcoming film, Black Adam, as a writer. Um, production is set to begin this summer. Um, let me see if it talks about the powers. Yeah. Typically, Janna is able to transform into any animal, while Zahn uh, has the ability to become a variety of things, but was originally designed with the power of transforming into water at any state, solid, liquid, or gas. Um, okay. Cool. It's going to be an action comedy. I, I think that's the way to go with uh, superheroes that have such a goofy power set and the the the... The look of the show was very, like, kind of 70s campy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be cool to see, I guess. Because if it, if they're, cause doing the action comedy thing worked out well for Shazam, for uh, for Warner Brothers slash DC. So if they can do something similar with this and lean even even more into the comedy, I think there's a, a cool movie here to be had. Sure, oh, why yeah, not? It'll be fun. If they, keep it to, if they keep it more on the comedy side of stuff, then, yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, there's a Nope TV spot with Steph Curry. Have you watched this yet? I have not seen that one, but Nope is, um, extremely interesting to me. You said it's extremely what? I'm sorry. Interesting to me as a movie. Yeah. Please, please explain. I just, I, 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 I think it's aliens, but it also might not be aliens. Right. But I kind of love that I don't know that it's not aliens. Right. I've, also, yes. why do they have a farm where they grow those little windsock guys? <laughs> yeah, because that's what it looks like. It looks like they have a windsock growing farm. Mm-hmm. Those uh, those uh, wacky inflatable arm flailing tube men. <laughs> wacky inflatable arm flailing guy, crazy flailing tube man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So the TV spot with Steph Curry is just him playing basketball, uh, and he play. He puts a, <laughs> first. He puts a record on. It's the same record from the trailer. I'm just picturing Steph Curry. <laughs> Just shooting free throws, and he turns to the camera and just goes, "Go see Nope only in theaters." <laughs> I mean, the day. I mean, basically, he is that basically it. He puts the record on the same record from the trailer, and then he starts playing uh-huh. basketball, and the ball rolls towards the open. Like the basketball gym is set up kind of like in a barn, and it mm-hmm. rolls towards the barn door, and he walks up to grab it and looks outside, and he gives a pretty good reaction for a professional basketball player, and then he says, "Nope," <laughs> and walks in the other direction. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Uh, Steph Curry may be exploring. You know, it's funny. I have a friend, uh, Rachel. Shout out to Rachel Rachel Marsh. She's an actress and comedian. Very funny. Very talented actress. What's up, Rachel? Um, She is in a a string of Subway ads with Steph Curry and said he's very funny. Is he? Uh, He seems like he would be a very funny guy. Yeah, he seems super funny. Um Maybe he's testing the waters for a foray into movies. I know he was, I think he was in, I don't. I won't say I know, I think he was in, uh, he had a minor role in that um, Space Jam sequel, but I'm not 
don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. I think he did. I think he did too. Okay. But again, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I actually tried I'm to watch really that, but I gave up on it. I'm not really up to date on Steph Curry's acting career. Yeah. Mostly because up until now, I didn't realize that he had one. Yeah. I watched. I tried to watch uh, that Space Jam sequel on a plane, but I I fell asleep. Asan, um, I, I feel like we need to talk about self care and why you hate yourself. <laughs> well, to be honest, I mean, don't to, punish yourself to be perfectly with stuff honest, like that, buddy. I picked a movie that I knew I was I was going to fall asleep on. Like I knew I was going to fall asleep at some point, so Fair. I'm like, let me watch something I'm not too invested in. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, <laughs> uh, and that's not going to be super abrasive to my senses as I'm trying to sleep. You got you. Yeah. Um, okay. No, that's that's the perfect movie then. Yeah, because it was between that and Black Hawk Down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is an extremely jarring. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Every 30 seconds something I love is that blowing movie. up. Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie, but it is like, woo, it is not one that you watch to like calm down. <laughs> also, let's not put the movie about helicopters crashing on a plane. <laughs> yeah. <mm-mm>. No. <laughs> No crash stuff ever, even yeah. cars. I don't care. No, Just no, no crashing. No, no, no crashing. Yeah, no crashing. Let's up. In fact, what we're talking about, let's up the oxygen levels in this plane real quick, so we can just calm down. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, exactly. We'll, we'll all get there fine. <laughs> oh man, I cannot. I cannot wait until like my my dreams for the future include. Um, when weed is finally uh, decriminalized and legalized federally, federally legal, like I can imagine a world where like you can buy edibles and stuff on the plane. <laughs> oh my god! And that how great would that be? Amazing. <laughs> That'd be so good. Yep. Also, it's kind of what I feel like. I want weed to be federally legal. I was talking with AJ about this. Mm-hmm. I said it as a joke, but I kind of mean it. Is I want it to be federally legal so cops can smoke it. Can you imagine a world in which if <laughs> cops were able to smoke weed, how much better we would all be? Hundred percent. If not, nay, not only. Not only allowed to smoke weed, encouraged to smoke weed. 100%. We would have a way better society. Mm-hmm. I agree. People um, would come up and be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Hey, let's all, let's all chill for a second. <laughs> what, are you, what are you breaking in here for, dude? <laughs> um, the live action Barbie movie is still happening. And Why? <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Because they hate us. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, I think, I think there is. I mean, if if there's one toy that you're going to make a movie based on, it it kind of has to be Barbie. You know it's what I mean? It's gonna be GI Joe. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, they tried that. <laughs> well, they've tried twice, and it both times were just, three times technically, yeah, and they, they were tried. all just. I haven't seen Snake Eyes actually. No, I haven't. I, I've heard it's fine. Yeah, I heard uh, it's a movie. Yeah, it's it's a film. It, it there's credits. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> People showed up. They turned the cameras People on. People showed up for it. People acted in it. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but the Barbie movie supposedly has an all-star cast. Um, well, you, if you add Michael Sarah, yes, you definitely have an all-star cast there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Issa Rae, we've got Michael Sarah, yeah. we've got just a lot of people. We've got Ryan Gosling, we've got American Ferrera, we've got Simu Liu, Shang-Chi himself, we have Kate oh, is McKinnon. He gonna play, is he going to play Korean Ken? <laughs> Probably. I think, oh God, I I think most so. of the people in this cast are going to be other Barbie and Ken dolls. God, I would love if Simu Liu was playing Korean Ken. That would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got Robbie. Uh, we got Margot Robbie playing Barbie, which mm-hmm. is great casting. Ryan oh, Gosling yep. as Ken, I'm imagining, also great casting. America Ferreira, probably as uh, Latina Barbie. Simu Liu, probably yep. as uh, Asian Ken. Kate McKinnon, that's an interesting... Uh, you need some comedians. Uh, we've got <laughs> sure. Ariane. I, I mean, I doubt all of these people are playing toys. I hope not. Um, <laughs> I was just mostly making fun of Kate McKinnon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, 
she's fine in a very specific like oeuvre, right? Yeah, Kate McKinnon. Like she doesn't. Kate McKinnon. She doesn't have a broad. Right. She's very. Uh, she's very funny. I think she's. Uh, I think she's funny too. Don't yes. get me wrong. But it, I just yes. don't think her. I don't think her trans her humor is universally translated. No, no, no. Is no, what I'm no. kind of saying. A, it's it's a particular style of of. It is. Yeah. Um, Ariana Greenblatt from Love and Monsters. I don't know who that is. Alexandra Ship from Tick Tick Boom. I do know who that is. Great. Uh, Emma mm-hmm. McKe- Emma Mackey uh, from Sex Education. Don't know who that is, but great. Um, probably. Uh, and then Will Ferrell as the CEO of a toy company. Oh, the a reason CEO. why you don't know oh, who Ar- the reason why you don't know who Ariana Greenblatt is is because she's a child. Oh, well, that makes she was sense. born in two thousand seven. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> That's why I was like, "Who is that? That should be oh, she's a child. Yeah, that's right. So she's like fifteen or something. Okay, she great. was in. Um, she played young Gamora in Infinity War. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah she, so that's her. Great, great. Okay, yeah. Well, if she has the discipline to sit in a makeup chair for six hours, then uh... <laughs> look, all she had to do was have her neck, face, and her hands done. Yep. Um, so. and Will Ferrell as the CEO CEO of a toy company, he's probably going to be the villain of the movie. Um, which is great. More Will Ferrell, I, I please. I love that journey for him. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Um, I want to see if there's anything about the plot. Um, no, there isn't anything about the plot that I'm seeing, although I love Michael Sarah being in this. Michael Sarah might even be the villain, which would be great. Um, Michael Sarah would be a great villain for this. What do you think? Uh, pitch me your uh, pitch me your Barbie story with the, with this cast. Ooh, um, I think I'd do it like a Toy Story thing, like toys at a time. So like they get transported into the real world, but like as actual humans, not as toys. Mm. Um, it's sort of a do a fish out of water sort of deal mm-hmm. where it's like everything, you know, coming of age story, coming into her own. Barbie kind of realizes that she doesn't have to be beholden to the rules of the world that she comes from and that can maybe the Kens turn gay mm-hmm. um, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. So you it's, so you say the dolls come to to life as I would as say humans. the dolls get transported okay. to our world from their world, gotcha. and that they have certain Barbie rules and from in their world that where they're from, and it's kind of like a learning of sort of the um, sort of the reprogramming. I think of like you don't just because that's the way you used to live doesn't mean that that's the way you have to live, kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I could see that being. Uh, I can see that working really well. I could also see the opposite happening, where like a girl, probably Ariana Greenblatt, <laughs> mm-hmm. or Alec, oh, excuse me, yes, Ariana Greenblatt, um, is transported to like the reality, like the Barbie reality, uh, and like kind of lives amongst the toys in like their world. Mm-hmm. Like I could see that happening as well, where like the. Um, where like the toys are like when she's with them, they look like the real actor versions of themselves. But they, mm-hmm. but when everyone else sees them, they just look like toys. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that, yeah, that could do it. Um, like a kind of like a Honey I Shrunk the Kids kind of situation, except yeah, like totally. she kind of joins the Barbie reality. Could see something like that happening as well. Um, yeah, I like I like all of this. Um, I'm down. I think it's probably I will go see it. It's probably going to be what you said. Although I don't know if this how. I don't know what age group this is like. How see, and that's the thing. Family friendly with the this actors is be? that they have cast. I don't know who this is for. Yes, like, is this going to be more of an adult leaning comedy? Like, are they going to like be like, "Hey, I have genitals now"? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh my god, I would love to hear a line about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's this down here? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what's this for? Mm-hmm. Can you stuff and things? Can you stir coffee with it? No. Honestly, I think there's a very a. Ad- 
and when I say adult, I don't mean um, like sex themed, although that's part of being an adult. What, but I think there's a very good adult sort of romantic comedy possible here um, about, you know, imagine a world where now this is the movie I would make. It's like imagine a world where these Barbie characters are somehow brought to life as humans, like you said. Mm-hmm. And but now it's like they're kind of having to deal with like some of them like being human. Some of mm. them like want to go back to being Barbies because it was simpler. Uh, some people are like, whoa, I love you because I've only had you to love my entire existence. Mm-hmm. But now there's yeah. a whole world full of people. Uh, yep. I could see that happening. Like, yeah, all of those themes are a little bit more mature than like a kid's movie. So like, I'm just curious as to like what direction they're going to go with it. But that's kind of the yeah. movie I would tell. Like, What if Ken you know, starts to realize like, whoa, there's more to life than being a Barbie. Like, you know, like I, what, what does really, that happen? Really ridiculously good looking. Exactly. Exactly. I, I want to see one of them get acne for the first time. Um, oh my gosh, dude. I hope it's Simu Liu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love to watch him. Like his actor's take on a freak out, a zit freak out would be mm-hmm. hilarious. His take on getting genitals would also be hilarious. Too. <laughs> yeah. What is this? What is this? <laughs> it feels good when I touch it. Should I keep touching it? Yeah. No, not in public. <laughs> Um, there's a Universal has a horror movie, a horror comedy coming called Renfield. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Um, Nicholas Cage plays Dracula. Oh, that's that movie. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I've seen those set photos. Nicholas Holt is up in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. He about looks it. insane as Dracula. Uh, the story is based on an original pitch from The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman and was written by Ryan Ridley of Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah, so which is why I'm, I think it's going to be a yeah. Yes. It's a home run for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds great. Um, the film stars Nicholas Holt, uh, Aquafina's in it, Nicholas Cage, um, Sore Shore Agashlu, Agdashlu from The Expanse, Ben Schwartz, Adrian Martinez, oh, I know her. and Bess Rouse. Um, yes, if she's one of the main people from The Expanse, I've seen her before. Yes. Um. Okay, Renfield is part of Universal's growing list of upcoming monster projects, including Elizabeth Banks's Invisible Woman, which w- happened. It was and was really good by all accounts. Um, wait, wait, they're already done. Uh, Invisible Woman. Oh no! Yeah. Excuse me. They're do. I'm sorry. I'm. Confused. You're thinking Invisible Man with um, with Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> yeah, with Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Whoa! My Dude. brain just went straight to that movie. <laughs> Dude, I. Yep. That's okay. I I I listened to it happen and I saw it happen. I was like, Mm-mm, nope. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. don't worry. I got you. Invisible Woman. Okay. Now I'm wondering if all of these are going to be comedies, or if not, uh, or if some of them are going to be serious. Um, because I would like oh, yeah. if they Shore, just. Um, Sorry, Shohre Agd- Agdashlu uh-huh. is the one is the lady with the very very gotcha gravelly voice. Okay, cool. She's I'm great. With... I love yeah, her. Yeah, she's great. That's the only way I know how to like describe her to you. Uh-huh. And I, it's not like in a criticism. I love her. Derek, I think she's a great a, actress. Derek, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to be sensitive. <laughs> so we've got Invisible Woman coming. We've got a Monster Mash film coming. Uh, we've got yep. D- Dracula. <laughs> We've got we've got Drac- we've got Nicolas Cage as Dracula mm-hmm. coming in the mix. We've got like, a Ryan Ross a Ryan Gosling led Wolfman film. That's exciting. Dude, I want to see a competent Wolfman film. Do you 100%. remember the one with um what's it face? Benicio del Toro? See, I like that movie. I, I get did why too. other people don't though. I do get it. I get totally. I get it. You and I walked out of that one enjoying mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. And it's I've watched it a couple times since, and it's not a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's 
it's the most competently done werewolf movie that I've seen. Yeah, and I just kind of like what they were trying to do with that movie, like make I it a little too. bit more gothic and kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I liked that. I, I, I kind of like the big swing of that movie. Yeah, 100%. Um, we got a Bride of Frankenstein movie coming, a Little Monsters film, and uh, the thi- another adaptation of The Thing is coming. Ooh. Oh, and a James Wan-produced Van Helsing movie. So there you okay. go. Well, I'm down for that. I'm down um, for all I'm down for more of The Thing, because that's one of my... That might be my favorite horror movie of I all time. I wonder where they're going to... This says adaptation, not a remake. So I wonder um, where they're going to... Uh, they're probably going to change the setting, because you can't do Antarctica again. Because they've done it twice. See, you now. say that, and I go, but, but why not? I mean, you can. It's the only way to defeat the creature is cold Assad. You gotta keep it isolated, otherwise we're screwed. But then maybe we're screwed. No, oh, good. If if you were gonna make a thing adaptation and you could not set it in Antarctica, where would you set it? And well, first of all, I wouldn't make it then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm being petty. No, um, let's see. If I was going to make it and I couldn't do it, I'd do it isolated someplace. Um, jungle. Jungle would be great. Um, the problem, see, here's the problem with that alien, though, mm-hmm. is that alien replicates. So you need to have a physical barrier that keeps it all isolated and locked away. Otherwise, the fear is gone. Then it like it replicates your dog, and then it moves on, and you're like, oh, right. I don't have to deal with this anymore. This is, a, this is not a me problem. Yeah. Any, any, you need that. Yeah. That's why the Antarctica makes sense is because it has that land barrier that keeps it, and that's what keeps the tension is because you – that's what keeps – that's what makes the movie great, the first movie. And th- – I've only seen the second movie once, uh-huh. um, or the prequel once, uh-huh. um, but that's what makes that movie terrifying, is that the terror part is it could be anybody. Yeah. So I think the way you do it, if you're going to do the the jungle, I think the way you do it is they're transporting it from Antarctica, because Antarctica, the mm-hmm. condition, every time we try to go there, the entire team dies. <laughs> So we need less harsh environments, so they put it, they put it in like a- Well, we don't know. Here's the thing. We don't know if- the thing survived at the end of the first movie. It's very ambiguous. The ending is extremely ambiguous. It's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why I like it. I like to think that Kurt Russell's the alien now. Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe so. In, in if the, in the movie I'm pitching, you, you're, they're transporting it. They're like, all right, we we gotta work. We gotta work on this thing and figure it out before it it kills everything. They mm-hmm. they transport it to an island, like a jungle island where like there you it's go. like a water. There's water surrounding it on every side. You know, right. the worst thing that can happen is this thing kills everything on the island, which is unfortunate. But at least it won't get to wherever so and so. Blah 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 blah. And right, then you totally. then you just have the thing in the jungle, which I think would be really cool. Because imagine yeah. the thing being a like jaguar. Wire or something. <laughs> that'd be terrifying. Oh, yeah, that'd be from crazy. the things perspective. It's like this is great, <laughs> right? So many new things, um, and there's so many like there's giant snakes in the jungle and bugs and oh, oh man, it's, the jungle is a horrifying <laughs> like just area to live mm-hmm. in anyway. Yep. Like I don't ever. People are like, oh my gosh, don't you love the tropics? I'm like, no, yeah, because that's where all the super dangerous stuff lives. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I would never want to. No, no, no. It's like my cousin that lived in Australia. He said, there's a joke. You're never more than three feet away from a spider at any given time. I'm like, they say that as a joke. Mm -hmm. That's not a joke where I come from. (laughs) That's a threat. Yeah, Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. You tell me I'm three feet away from a spider at any given time. I'm going to carry a newspaper around (laughs) with me so I can swat them. Exactly. I'll never poop in peace. (laughs) Ever again. Ever again. (laughs) Um. Okay, let me see what else. Um, that's really it. I have in terms of like oh, a couple TV things. 
Um, there's a season three of The Witcher coming. Um, mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane is doing a TED series for Peacock. Okay. Um, which I'm fine with. I really enjoyed the first TED movie. I liked it. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think I didn't see the second one though, so don't like. No, no, I know. don't think it was good. Um, I don't think it was. That's why I'm saying that's why I didn't see it. Yeah. I wanted to preserve TED one in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so Seth MacFarlane is going to voice Ted, of course, because who else could? Um, let's see who else is in the movie. Georgia Wingham from The Punisher and 13 Reasons Why, probably a child. Um, Max Burkholder from Parenthood, probably also a child. Mm -hmm. Scott Grimes from The Orville and Oppenheimer. Scott Grimes. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the the cast list so far. Cool. Um, yeah, Ted. Ted, the first Ted movie made uh, seven hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide, which is crazy for a, that, yeah, an for R-rated a cons- for a movie like that to make that kind of money. Holy cow! Yeah, um, I wonder if uh, Mark Wahlberg's going to make a uh, cameo. Oh, because he, he might. was in the first movie, of course. Probably. Um, yeah, that's really all I have. Do you have any nuggets of news before we get into uh... Thor: Love and Thunder trailer posted oh, today? Of course. Uh, um, yes, it's short. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's on a journey to find himself, and then at the very end, they give us Jane Foster with the hammer, yes. and I'm like, cool. That's kind of what I figured for yes. the teaser. I love that it's, it's everything that I wanted. Yes, 100%. I love where they're going with the movie. I love that it's it feels kind of like a, a galactic kind of road trip movie of mm-hmm. self-discovery. Self, and, yeah, self-realization movie, yeah. which I kind of like. I'm super into that. Yeah, I'm down to A little bit it. of ass kicking on the way. Yes, and some rock and roll. And Yeah, and some... Uh, um, Guns and Roses. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Yeah, um, be great. Yes. Okay, let's get into uh, Moon Knight from this week. Let's have do you it. watched it? I have. What are we thinking? Let me pull up the the plot synopsis. Yes, you want to? I'll I'll talk. Yeah. Um, while you, you do that. Yeah. Um, what would you think of the episode? Going point that in? I'd like to make. This feels like the actual first Marvel TV show. Yeah. Like the first project that they wrote as a TV show mm-hmm. to be a TV show, mm-hmm. not as like a throwaway film that they're stretching out into a TV show. Right. Like this is the first TV show that truly feels from front to be front to end. There are the writing is is perfect. There are beats for everybody has something to do. Each episode is poignant and has something to say, and it moves. Each episode moves the plot forward, unlike some of the older Marvel shows that we've seen, which only do that through you know they only write the hooks at the tail end of the episodes right right moon knight has enough sprinkled through the episodes to keep you going throughout it like it keeps you going it's not all the information because you can pretty much watch loki mm-hmm. watch the beginning mm-hmm. and then you can watch the very end and you don't have to watch the middle and right. you can get just as much information from that as you can through the entire series as you can watching the whole show totally um Moon Knight doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight has it feels like everybody has something to do and there's enough there's enough to handle that like like Layla, his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Or Mark Spector's wife. She's not a throwaway character. It's like she kicks she kicks a dude's butt like in the show. Like she's mm-hmm. a fairy. She, so that's what I'm saying. Like every character has something to do. There's no like characters that kind of languish in my opinion with like, you know, that don't have like there's a there's a purpose to everything. Yeah. I think is basically what I'm trying to put. And whereas the older shows didn't feel like that. I agree. Um uh, the plot summary uh, on Wikipedia is for episode three entitled The Friendly Type. 
Uh, Harrow and his followers uh, discover the location of Ahmet's tomb in the desert. In Cairo, Spectre and Grant both uh, experience blackouts while tr- uh, tracking a lead to Harrow's location. After failing to gain information, Kanchu calls a council between his fellow Egyptian gods, and their avatars warn them of Harrow's plans. But Harrow successfully denies the accusation. Um, Hathor's avatar, Yatsil, tells Spectre to find the sarcophagus of a magi who knew the location of Ahmet's tomb. Layla finds Spectre and takes him to meet with Anton Mogart, an acquaintance of Layla's who owns the sarcophagus. Harrow arrives and destroys the sarcophagus, forcing Spectre, Grant, and Layla to fight off Mogart's men and escape into the desert. Grant assembles some of the sarcophagus fragments into a star map, literally, um, yeah, I know. That was the <laughs> one part about the entire episode. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yes, but it is 2,000 years out of date. Conchu uh, uses his powers to briefly turn back the night sky to the correct night, which uh, plenty of websites that exist can do as well. But uh, we'll leave mm-hmm. that. We'll leave that to them. She's oh. <laughs> using a program that's mapping the night sky, and she can't turn it back. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little. There weird are literally too. Like, websites so he's burning that do this. his good grace with the gods one last time. For what? Yeah, exactly. Allowing Grant and Layla to find the location of Ahmet's tomb. The other gods imprison Conchu in an ish ish ushabti. Uh, for this, oh, I guess like the 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 uh, the doll, the uh, the statue, statue. Oh yeah, the concrete statue. Yes. Um, leaving Grant Inspector's body unconscious and powerless. Okay. So, this episode of the show might be my least favorite so far. Um, really. I think there are a couple, like, and as we just alluded to, I think there's a couple. Not necessarily plot holes, but more like plot contrivances or like convenience. Mm-hmm. And and one, I think, glaring plot hole for me that just felt kind of sloppy. Like it just felt like okay. we need for the next episode, which I imagine will probably probably be very good. Um, it feels like they're like, okay, we know for the next episode we need these characters to be in certain places and 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 have certain things happen to them. So we kind of just need to bite the bullet and kind of take some liberties with the writing in this episode. Um, now, that having been said, I like that, and I'll get specifically to what I mean in a second, but I wanted to give some overview thoughts. I like the the Egyptian setting. I think Cairo feels cool. Oh, uh, it's, way, it's way cooler than London. Yes, 100%. Um, I like uh, sort of like the... Uh, the, you know, the tone of sort of like chasing people through uh, rooftops and, and all that oh, kind of stuff. The swashbuckling kind too, of nature of it. One of, of my it. favorite parts was the knife fight in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Where he comes across those three dudes. And it feels so like – it takes me out of it because it feels so hacky and like Hollywood stuntman-ish. But I really loved – like two things I loved about that fight. One, the line when the dude sweeps the blade around his legs and he's just like – and Mark just looks at me and goes, we dancing? We fighting? Like what's going on? And then, too, when the same guy licks the blade to get all, like, weird and, like, crazy and he just starts punching him. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I like Mark because he has just a no-nonsense, like, thing about him where it's like – and it kind of – I like this because it kind of pokes fun at sort of what Marvel's been doing with their bad guys and their henchmen. You know, their cannon fodder henchmen before where it's like before that would have been something that we're supposed to take seriously in a show or like a movie. We're like, oh, man, look at how crazy these guys are. But because Mark Spector's like making fun of them while they're doing it, it's like, OK, yeah, this is hacky and stupid. Yes. Um, I So here's with after having watched this episode, I think I would have personally if I was Disney. Um, and this is probably more of a budget thing than anything. But I would have personally started the show with seeing more in Moon Knight. 
like more mm-hmm. Moon Knight action scenes. So like, there's a lot of moments in the first episode and this and even in the second episode where. Um, they do the you know sort of Stephen Grant is in control of the body, but he keeps going through these like blackouts, out. and yeah. and that works great in in you know out of context because it is it is interesting to watch someone kind of losing their place in time. Mm-hmm. I would, and I get that they wanted that gimmick for the first episode at least. I would have done it the opposite way. I think I would have done it where we see. Every I like we see the Moon Knight things happening, but we when we wake up, Stephen doesn't remember them, and is like mm-hmm. maybe maybe he thinks he's dreaming, maybe the or like the audience thinks he's dreaming or is blacking out, he's some kind of thing, and then it's revealed that he has multiple personalities because for this episode in particular to really like dramatically work for me when like Conchu was imprisoned and that means um, Moon Knight doesn't have his powers anymore. Like that to me, that would hit harder if we had spent more time establishing, like, a how much he's been, how much like moon nighting he's been doing, mm-hmm. and also how much the suit protects him. We, well, we see how much the suit protects well, him because he gets impaled by like right. what, five spears. We do. We see a lot of that in this episode, but I think, and which is, I think, is great. Like, you need to see that. I think you're saying you would have liked to see it more in the previous episodes. Yeah, and just a so bit we spend a little bit. One. Yeah, so we spend a little bit more time with the suit, and and as an audience, we become a little bit more attached to the suit. That way, I when think, he loses it, we're like, oh, no, his suit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. So there's more of an impact. Right. Yes, I completely understand. I. <sighs> Part of make part of me wonders if the reason why we're not getting all the Moon Knight ac- action that we want to mm-hmm. is because we're going to get a lot of it later in the show. Probably, and That's they want probably it, true. and they want us. And the thing is, I I would like to understand Moon Knight's power set. A yes, little bit better, 100%. but I know that that's part of the characters that you don't get to because of the multiple for the DID yes. situation that he has, yeah. and. Um, yeah, all of that. And also, I, uh, one thing I think they hinted at in this episode, but maybe didn't hint at enough, um, is that there seems to be another, uh, at least one other personality that these two are not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, yeah, the the big bad. Yes. Uh, um, within, with, I mean, I'm talking about within Moon Knight, though, right? <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, There's okay, one good. that kills everybody. Right, right. Because they <laughs> were they're like, both like, I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Um, so, so who is that guy? <laughs> yes. And I'm wondering just how many personalities there are. Uh, that's so, an interesting thing. He has at least four. At least, yeah. That I know of mm-hmm. in the comics. Mm-hmm. And again, I've been kind of, I've been slacking off on my, I've been slacking off on the reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that he has, a, he has at least four. Do we know when this show takes place within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I don't know. I someone I, I read it. I read it one time where they think it takes place, but I can't remember. Gotcha. I think it's, I think it's supposed to be before Hawkeye. Let me see because because um, I could totally see um, a very Marvel thing that could happen towards the end of this series. Is we we don't know when this takes place, um, but it's revealed that it takes place. Like at some point, I could see the Doctor Strange thing happening during this season. Oh. And yeah. that maybe allows more personalities from across the multiverse to enter his brain. That might be. From other Moon Knights around the multiverse. Um, when does Moon Knight take place? Let's see what the internet has to say. <laughs> this, can't, this, this never goes wrong, right? No, never. This is never a bad idea. All right. When does This is from Nerdist.com. When does Moon Knight take place in the MCU? Spoilers ahead. That's fine. Um, let's see. 
half the universe. When Thanos dusted half the universe, he also fractured our understanding of the MCU, MCU timeline. Let me see. Moonlight, the studio, uh, Moon Knight is set as far as the MCU's timeline is concerned. Wait, let me see. Oh, wait. The studio's executives and creatives haven't exactly been forthcoming about what year or even uh. era Moon Knight is set in as far as the MCU's timeline is concerned. But now we know when in the Marvel... But now we know when in the Marvel Universe the show is taking place. A bus billboard in episode two firmly established Moon Knight happens post-blip. Uh, mm-hmm. And if that wasn't enough, uh, yeah, I, I, I figured it would be post the blip. Yeah. Um, and if that wasn't enough, Disney Plus has confirmed its, chron- its chronological MCU spot. Um, let me see. In, M- in Moon Knight episode two, Stephen Grant fights an ancient Egyptian jackal monster in the streets of London. Part of that fight takes place in front of and into a red double-decker bus. While Conchu's avatar and public transport enthusiasts probably didn't ev- enjoy uh, how the ride ended, uh, it was a big deal for fans. The side of the bus provides us with the first concrete evidence of when the show takes place. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. It has mm-hmm. a giant poster for the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, first introduced mm. in the Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, okay, okay the, so it's post. Yeah, the it's at least post uh, that. Uh, so MCU's world created the GRC in 2023 after Hulk brought everyone back to help relocate those. Uh, yeah, we know that. Okay, so it's at least after... The blip, we know that, and it's probably after Falcon and Winter Soldier. But when does okay? What's the latest though? Spider-Man No Way Home ends in December of 2024, shortly before the events of Hawkeye. That wrapped its story in December 25th. Until now, those are the two most recent events in the MCU. Now Disney Plus has now confirmed Moon Knight, which is clearly not taking place at Christmas time, happens after Hawkeye. Hmm. So. The stuff in No Way Home, the rearranging of the multiverse and stuff like that, happens in Spider-Man No Way Home, which ends Christmas time of 2024, the year 2024. Got it. Shortly before the events of Hawkeye. So this Moon Knight is, uh, it happens after Hawkeye is what Nerdist is concluding. Okay. So my theory is probably not correct then, <laughs> yeah. or I mean it could be. It could have it could have happened in the past, and that's why there's more personalities that they're not aware of now. Um, yes, which we'll find out eventually, I'm sure. But um, that would be very interesting if there are Moon Knight personalities from across the multiverse now oh inside gosh, of would be Stephen a, Grant's head. <laughs> that would be wild. Imagine like you wake up one morning and like you have other personalities in your brain from different realities. <laughs> Dude, yes, that would be very strange. That'd be nuts. Um, I'd cry. Yeah, yes. So, what do you think of um, what do you think of uh, the the set piece, the big set piece at um, Mogart's uh, compound? You mean Midnight Man? Oh, is that who that is? I, I don't. I'm not yeah, familiar so with the character. That guy. So Gasp, Gaspar. Yeah. Gaspar Uri, Ulio. Yeah. The, the actor that plays him. He, just he died. Passed. Yeah. 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 He just recently passed. Mm-hmm. He was my age. That's, that's the that's weirdest crazy. thing. He was. Uh, I first saw him as young Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising. Mm-hmm. He was really good at mm-hmm. that. He's really good. Yeah. yeah. He's he's always. I've seen him in a couple of random like French movies and stuff. He's really good. Yeah. Um, it's such a shame, but yeah. So he's mid, he he's supposed to be Midnight Man. Um, the set piece, I thought, I thought it was good. Um, it's that same problem that we talked about last time. The transitioning between the suits, it's like it, it just doesn't quite. Um, I don't know. It doesn't quite translate 
well in certain shots. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Cause you, I don't know. I thought it was great. Yeah, he, I liked it. Uh, do you do you know? Oh, he's based on the character the same name. Do you, we know anything about Midnight Man in terms of his like powers and stuff like that? Oh, he's a thief. Oh, he's, he's an art thief, thief and he's an enemy of uh, Moon Knight. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, so he's not a he's not super powered in any way in the no, comics. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, not in the comics. It's fle- but I'm very un- I'm very like tangentially aware okay. of Midnight Man, so I'm not like super up on top of him, but. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, yeah. apparently um, he's a master thief and a master martial artist, and he uses yep. a handgun and an oriental dagger, the latter of which was part of a stolen art collection. There we go. All right, Midnight Man. Cool. Yeah, I thought that I thought that sequence was cool. I liked the, the location. I thought it looked really cool, like his compound, oh, yeah. like kind of looked like a mini like Louvre museum type vibe. Yes. Um, yeah, I was into it. Um, how are we feeling about the Moon Knight suit? You still you still coming around on it? I'm still, I'm still coming around on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like unless they can fully CGI the mask and the head, yeah, or in the the thing, I don't think it's going to be what I'm looking for. Right. I don't. I also don't love the transition effect between like when the mask comes either. on and off. I don't love that. I don't either. <laughs> I feel like it's too. The bandages need to feel more slithery on his skin. Yes. You know, it's too like. It's too. It comes around him yeah. as opposed to feeling like it's sliding on it's, his skin. It looks like more of a morph, and it should feel more like they're like engulfing him. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Like the bandages are eating him. Yes. And I and I can. I feel like that's probably just a time and not necessarily a money thing because Disney has infinite pockets. But I think it's more of just a time thing because you know mm-hmm. it, that takes a lot more. I would imagine like animation, like just raw like hand you know animation oh, into yes. a computer. Like let's make each of these things a snake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> but I I think that would be really cool though. Um, yeah, I, I don't love that effect, but it's it's it, it, it's fine. Now, tell me how you're feeling about because this episode gives us a lot of like the Egyptian gods and their avatars, and sort of like it does a little bit of world building in in terms of like how all the the gods feel about what they should be doing and how they don't like Conchu and stuff. How how did you feel about all the Egyptian god stuff? See, that's the thing I like the most about. Mm-hmm the episode was I like I want to figure out the hierarchy of how their gods work yeah Asgard it's pretty straightforward right yes you know pretty much what it is but I don't know yeah I know nothing about their gods their their avatars nothing I want to I want to spend more time with that um so it's nice to kind of see how their um their council works yes um but (laughs) I like it also so here's the deal why is Ahmet in prison? Well, I, I don't know. That uh, That's a, an interesting thing. Like, do the other gods forget why she's in prison? Because if don't she's know. not there, then she did something wrong. Right. Because, uh, so apparently what is also hinted at is that, like, when they when they finally, at the end of the episode, like, Khonshu rearranges the sky because he hasn't heard mm-hmm. of the website that does it. Um, mm-hmm. They Well, he is a god. He <laughs> wouldn't know about the internet. They uh, they imprison him uh, in stone in like their little like headquarters or whatever, and they're like you know basically I'm paraphrasing, but one of the like the main gods guys who I think is Osiris, he says, uh-huh. um, you know, as so many have before him, um, which means like they he's not the first to be imprisoned in stone. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Amit's been imprisoned uh, somehow. Um, and so I wonder how many gods have been imprisoned and for what reason. 
and who's yep. and because it almost seems like I kind of like the way that they present these gods like they they kind of operate like a board of directors where it's like look we really at the end of the day don't really care what you do just don't like just don't make it hard for us to do what we're doing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, just don't be like, just a pain don't make in the it ass. my problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't make it my problem and we're fine. Yeah, exactly. Which I kind of like. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think we're not supposed to be super like sympathetic towards the gods, but I don't think we're also, I don't think we're supposed to hate them. Like, I don't think those gods right. are like the villains of the series. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So I, yeah, I liked all that stuff. I like the world building. I, I, I think, um, uh, Ethan Hawke's character Harrow is uh he's interesting. Uh he has more layers to him than I would have thought before and I, I kind of like that. Um Gotcha. And I, I I like that he's not also he's like not totally wrong in the sense of like like that interrogation scene was really interesting to me like when they're like cuz he wasn't totally wrong when <laughs> when he's talking about how Conchu, you know, Conchu's trying to take advantage of you in your mental state the same way he tried right. to take advantage of me. Like, he's not wrong about that. No. You know what I mean? So. No. And that's the thing about this bad guy. He's not a full villain. Right. Right. He just, he's just a misguided Yeah, and, and, and he's doing his avatar's bidding, which is what they're all doing. You know yes, what I mean? Exactly. Like, his just happens to be, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, yeah. <laughs> zealous than the, the rest of them seem to be, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I, I don't mind him at all. I like the performance. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where the show ultimately goes when Amit shows up and and uh, we finally get the big like god fight. Because yeah, totally. obviously there's going to be a one of the episodes, maybe even the next episode, uh, but they'll probably want to stretch it out. Will probably be a you know a prison break of sorts, trying to get Kanshu out in time to stop Amit. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't mind. I, I like where the I show's like headed. Everything about this, this is the thing. It's the problem is I have more to talk about when I don't like the shows. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the problem. Exactly. Like, the problem is I like the show too much. And I'm like, the only complaint I have is I'm like, the suit looks weird. <laughs> do you like the do you like that the um the moon I think it's called the Mr. Moon Knight or something like that? Um Mr. Knight. Yeah. Do you like that uh that's become like Steven's like default yeah. suit? <laughs> well I like that. Well, because Steven in the comics, he has to, somebody has to enjoy all the money that Mark gets from doing his like mercenary okay, thing. Okay, gotcha. So Steven is the one that gets to enjoy it. So he's just this like but when he uses his suit, he becomes Mr. Knight. Gotcha. So he handles like he end, eventually in the comics end, ends up handling like the business affairs like side of things like the mundane day to day kind of stuff. So yeah, and I also like that in this episode they kind of establish that like hey, uh, if we're going to be a successful person, whether it's as Moon Knight or not, we're going to have to work together. Like I like that, uh, and I like that it was Mark that had to realize that. That it yeah. can't just be one or nothing. Like it has to be like, right. look, you're gonna need me. I'm a, I'm an Egyptologist, I guess, and you're gonna need my expertise and all this. And I like that they had to work together. I thought that was cool. Totally. Yeah, man. I like that it's they're more successful together than they are apart. A hundred percent. And seeing them both start to realize that, like, Stephen needs Mark to be able to kill people. Yes. And Mark needs Stephen to be able to be like, hey, I can solve these arc these like these. Um, archaeology puzzles, but also I'll be the voice of reason when you're ready to wholesale murder everybody. But it sounds like now, or it looks like now, Stephen's going to have to have that conversation with the other guy that's now made an appearance. <laughs> Whoever that is. <laughs> who's way more dangerous than Mark Spector. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to see what his suit looks like. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, 
It's just spikes. Yeah. <laughs> just these made of knives. <laughs> yeah. These made of knives. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> there's one other moment I wanted to touch on before we wrap up. I really yeah. enjoyed um, Oscar Isaac's performance in this episode. I mm-hmm. thought the, the where he does give, where Mark gives over the body to Steven, and they don't do any camera tricks. They just allow. Oh, when he solves the puzzle. Yes, when he yes, yes yes I love that too. I know exactly what moment you're talking about. And I thought it was great. Yes, they he takes the mirror off the car and he says, "Okay, you take over." And they don't do a camera trick. He doesn't even do the like eyes roll into the back of the head thing. He just allows his performance to change. And I thought that was an amazing moment. Oh, I thought um, it was great. Letting just Oscar him Isaac do his gears. Thing. Yeah, watching him switch gears on camera was probably the best part of the entire episode. Yeah, it was really he cool. Does he has this deftness to the way that he like handles the transitions i think and i think it's better to do it without effects like let him just do it through acting yeah rather than through like the constant like because i think it's annoying when mark's trying to do his job and steven's talking at him from a reflection in a knife where he's like don't do it it's like shut up (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no it was great um i I really enjoyed that moment it was like a a little cool like moment to let oscar isaac have so yeah, just the moment when he takes over. Is, Cheers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, there we go. Stephen's in charge. Yeah, and I like that Stephen was kind of like he's excited to figure out the puzzle. Like, because this is his world. Yeah. Like, oh, Egypt stuff, cool. Yeah. Oh, Egypt stuff. It's my jam, dude. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> well, all right. I'm excited to see what happens next week. And um, me too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the episode. Uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, just the same thing. Like I said earlier, I'm excited to see finally what Marvel can do with an actual TV show as opposed to like a modified movie. Hundred percent. It gives me hope because I was I'm not I'm I'm not joking when I say I was starting to get a little scared mm-hmm. that they were going to start they were all going to be that kind of mm-hmm. you don't actually need to watch them you can just tune in for the last five minutes of every episode right. and still know more than you would if you actually watched the episode right. So I just got I got a little scared that that's the way they were going to be and it looks like they're not going that way so mm-hmm. you know fear averted. Cheers, but Marvel. again, it's Marvel, so I trust them to do whatever they're going to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you, they're never going to stray too far from what what works, no. you know. All right, Derek, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at cinephile eighty four c i n e p h i l e eight four, and on Instagram at Derek underscore Nickel. That's D E R E K underscore N I C K E L. Right on. You can find me at Asan the DJ across social media. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at theweeklyregular.com. Derek, thanks so much for being here, and we will see y'all next week. 